Did you have to pay back that loan? <laughs> we still, I'm still paying it back right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still paying it back. So welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today I'm here in studio with my co-host Antoine Martel, my brother and business partner. <laughs> twin. <laughs> twin brother. And we'll say why we call it twins. So, uh, And today we have the pleasure of meeting Jeremy and Joshua Mathis, also known at the, as the Mathis Twins. Yep. Yes. They were born and raised in Miami, Florida, and currently reside in Broward County. The brothers have had a few businesses. Some of them uh, they've called like learning lessons. Yep. And we've talked about some of the, our businesses as well that were kind of like learning sure. lessons <laughs> and some were actually they actually made money so yeah. that's was good we're definitely going to talk about that and one of their most recent successful business venture was a medical cleaning business and uh, the brothers grew and sold within 18 uh, months yeah. uh, since then uh, they successfully exited that business and uh, they completed over 400 real estate rental transactions and completed uh, some real estate development projects yep. and accumulated a multi-million dollar rental portfolio and are now doing deals nationwide. Uh, and they are proud dads, philanthropists, and investor with a mission to inspire the world and create 1,000 millionaires. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a bold yep. goal. No, nah, definitely. So Jeremy, Joshua, long intro, I know, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, thanks for having Welcome us. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you guys thank for you having so us. Thank really you so much. It. You know, for those at uh, that are watching, Jeremy is the colorful one, and then Joshua is I, the one with the plain teacher. I wanted to help the audience out. Everybody say how you tell us the exactly. Part. You know, Jeremy is the loud one. <laughs> I'm loud. Speak loud, and I dress loud. So I, I like to keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, you, see, you have everything for everybody, so that's perfect. Correct. Uh, so tell us about kind of like your experience. I mean, you're definitely like very successful entrepreneurs. You've done you know some businesses that clean the. Uh, the medical cleaning business has yeah. been extremely successful yeah. and now you have a massive portfolio in uh, real estate rentals so tell us a little bit more about kind of your businesses your uh, how you got started and all of that in your journey got it so we, for us our first our first real business that we started was when we were kids we would take out the trash cans for our neighbors we made a little bit of money there and then that turned into really knowing that we want to be entrepreneurs so we want to go in, we want to go out and make money that turned into having a lawn, like a lawn service in high school. And then in college, we started a custom clothing line. We put life savings and some student loans up to $20,000 into that business. And that business failed. We, we, at that point, we didn't give up. We just pivoted. And then we started doing promotional marketing. Mm -hmm. So printing, um, printing logos for companies and organizations on hats, t-shirts, things like that. So we was doing that. And then um, we met a guy who eventually became a, a mentor. We did a we we did really well on the project he gave us to do, and then he said, "Listen, guys, like let's figure out a business." Mm -hmm. So we we started the cleaning that medical cleaning company. We yeah. grew and we sold that business within eighteen months, and then that got us started into investing in real estate. So we got started investing in real estate six years ago. To date, we've done four hundred and fifty plus transactions. Our rental portfolios worth a couple million dollars. We have a team now, what like nine, ten people on our in our investment firm. So we're doing okay. Mm -hmm. wow. Doing okay. That's our story. So you use your student loan to start a business. Yes. So yeah. That's a very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> you re this is really true learning. Yeah. Right? Applying that money 
to learn how to do business. This is yeah. the best entrepreneur. I like how you put that. I really yeah. like how you put that. That's, that's the that's the best place that's, to put that's it. Yeah. Best money spent yes. instead of going to a classroom. Yeah. So this is very good. Was that the loan that they gave you for like the school supplies and stuff? No, nah, it was just it was just a student loan. We went and took out a loan and said, "Hey, um, it was a personal loan, but it, we said it was for for school." Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Right. and we took out we took out some money. We started that business. We learned a lot. It was a lot of fun, but. It fell eventually. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Did you have to pay back that loan? We still, I'm still paying it back right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still paying it back. No, I can't no, pay it back, but I'm in no rush to pay it. I'm in no rush. Well, to it's probably like super low interest. Super low interest yeah. rate. Yeah, yeah. It's free money. Whatever. Yeah. Why would you ever pay it and back? You're probably yeah. gonna have like loan forgiveness. Yeah, also, yeah. 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 So, Ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Where we going as a society? It may be forgiven real soon. So yeah, why yeah. pay it back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't did Biden? Do that already? Yeah, didn't for ten thousand so. dollars, I think. For uh, I, I'm not sure. Like, not I, I didn't, you guys I check your balance. You're like, oh, I guess it's paid off. I don't need, listen. I don't even check the balance. It just <laughs> a little bit comes out every single month. I don't even check the balance. Forty-seven oh, bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually is like forty-eight fifty. But low interest rates. So yeah. Why? Yeah. Pay it? Screw yeah. it. Yeah. So, so this is interesting because the uh, so you. St- that medical cleaning business, this yep. is um, is this an idea that you came with, came up with, or is this something that was brought in by your mentor? How did you come up with that crazy idea? Um, our mentor actually came to us with the idea. Okay. We, um, at the time, we had the promotional marketing business, and we was trying to grow that, and we did okay with that business, and our mentor was like, guys, you know, you're playing small ball. Let's do something real. He came to he wanted us to work for him, but instead of us working for him, we 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 always knew we wanted to be entrepreneurs. And he was like, guys, let's start a business together. And he yeah. saw a need in the marketplace because his core business was based around the medical industry. Okay. And he said, Hey, here's what the here's the biggest problem that we hear, which is these offices are super dirty. So let's start a business and, and we start marketing to these businesses, uh, start growing and scaling the business. But we quickly learned that we hate managing employees. <laughs> okay. Um, so from the time, the reason we sold the business is because in what 18 months we hired and fired 29 people. Oh wow. Yeah, it was just high turnover, oh low margin. Every other month, you know, somebody comes in and say, "Hey, yeah. I could do a fifty dollars cheaper than what we could." So you get cut, you you know, you get undercut by pricing. Um, and then we ended up selling the business. But but oh. the, the the good thing about that story that he didn't tell you though was when our mentor eventually called us. Because at that time, like I said, he, we had worked for him. We had did some projects for him. And yeah. we did really well. He wanted us to come in and be employees. We knew, yeah. like, we wanted to be entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like, I remember being young. I'm, I'm going to own McDonald's franchises. Like, yeah. I always saw myself in business. He called us. He was like, hey, guys, man, um, every week for, like, seven months, you guys need to come work for me. And then eventually one day he said, you, I know you guys are not, come, are not going to come work for me. Come work with me. Mm-hmm. So... We said, okay, what do you have in mind? We're gonna start a clean. We're gonna we're gonna start a cleaning business. Hung up, like, nah. <laughs> Call me back, like, what are you doing? I always taught you, you got to listen to every opportunity in its entirety so that you can understand exactly what it is. Once he's broke it down to us, like, hey guys, these offices are dirty. We can charge a little bit more because we're gonna be cleaning just two or three more pieces of equipment that the regular cleaning company yeah. won't be able to clean. Yeah. So we can charge a premium. We're gonna grow. We're gonna. You guys are gonna prove the model, and then we're gonna go and fr- franchise the model. Once he said franchise, that really got our wheels turning and said, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And we did that business really for money, not because that's something that we actually like. Oh, yeah, and yeah. It, it quickly turned into like, when you know how people say so cliche, yeah. do it, um, follow your passion, yeah, follow, your, follow passion. your passion. Cleaning wasn't our passion. And yeah. it, it became evident quick. Yeah, 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 we yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah. get out really quick. Yeah. So, But I'm not a big proponent of follow your passion. I think, you know, I think if your passion doesn't make money, right? well, you make that a hobby. Yeah. 
you know, you have to find a business that's going to make money and then you can follow your passion after that. But I, 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 doing, if you're lucky enough that your passion is also something that makes money, right. then that's, that's great. I yeah. mean, definitely yeah. follow that. Well, yeah, if you're an aunt, I mean, I have the same story with my bracelet company. I mean, yeah. when I was in middle school, I was like, Importing stuff from China, selling it to kids at school. In middle school? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. In middle school, I was... I was his first investor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I was doing all that stuff. And then I, I started a bunch of... I just was, like, flipping everything you could yeah. find on Alibaba and selling it to kids at school. But, like like you said, though, but I wasn't passionate about selling a silly, like, jewelry or... I don't even mm, wear yeah. jewelry yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. No. So it was, like, the worst thing for me to sell. And then I got burnt out because I didn't have a passion for jewelry yeah. or like improving the product. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just trying yeah. to flip this shit. Yeah. I buy it for three bucks, sell it for 20. Like, yeah. so it does run out quick. I didn't uh, sell my company. But <laughs> you were passionate about making money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was great. too, but we weren't making a lot of money in the cleaning business. So, But the key thing, another key thing in that story is that mentor help us understand that, guys, this is not what you want to do. Go find something that you want to do. So every quarter, he, we met with him and we had a strategic planning meeting. Yeah. And I'll never forget, it was, it was the <clears> quarter <throat> leading up into the new year. And he was like, guys, you know, we're in there, we're telling him about the business, all our issues. And he stopped us and he was like, guys, you hate this business, huh? And we was like, huh? <laughs> like, you hate the business. And we looked at each other and he was like, yeah, you really do hate the business. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, sell the business. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, we were 22, 23. Oh, I didn't my know, God. The only thing I knew you could sell was, you know, a car or a house. Or, I didn't know you could yeah, draw. <laughs> I didn't know you could sell uh, a business. So, you know, we got our first taste of that. And But the, the, the key thing is he was, you know, we had that mentor to tell us, like, hey, guys, you hate the business. Sell it. For us, we would have probably just still been burning and churning and got burnt out with that business quick. So it yeah. was key that we had him as a mentor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, if it's bringing you down, I mean, that's another thing. But yeah. uh, you know. how the hell did you find him at that young? How to find him? Yeah. So in college, we work. We each worked three jobs plus having the businesses. Because my mom said, if you guys go to college, I can't help you. you guys got to figure it out. So we was like working nonstop Dang. trying to grow wow. the business, and luckily for me. <clears throat> I worked in the dean's, one of my jobs was working in the dean's office in college. At our school, it was very entrepreneur driven. So a lot of entrepreneurs would come through and they would, everything, I've always been the type of person, everything I do, I give it 150%. He, every, he kept, he would always come to the school and just see me like hustling and bustling, just doing whatever. And one day he saw me parking cars. I was in like in a suit parking cars in South Florida weather, 12 o'clock, mid, like, no, wow. it, that's it was crazy, and he came up to me. He's like, "Man, kid, I always see you. I want you to come work for me." Me being naive, like, "You're, you're not. You're, you don't own McDonald's. You don't own Home Depot. The big brands. Yeah. I don't. You're, I thought if you did, if your company wasn't one of the big brands, your company wasn't anything. Yeah. Just being very naive. And then he told the dean what happened, and the dean told me like, "Listen, this is a great opportunity. If you don't take it, you, I, you won't work here any longer." Wow. So it was kind of they forced me to take that opportunity, and it's amazing. You just got to be around the right people that show you the right things and that guide you when you don't see certain things. Because yeah. I didn't wow. see that at all. They forced me to do it. So Yeah, wow. I mean, that's true. Yeah. Being able to see, uh, yeah, it's a different way of seeing the world. Too. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at this and, then, you know, once you have your mind and your eyes open to these opportunities, yeah. I mean, it's kind of tiring because everywhere you look, you see opportunities. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And then you say, I don't have time for this one. I don't have time for this one. <laughs> right. But you see tons of opportunities. Yeah. And then... And then you see other people say, oh, you know, there's nothing for me to do. There's no, you know, I want to start a business, but I don't know what. And I said, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I have a, we have a list of yeah. 
of businesses. That's you absolutely like so you guys are just like us. We have like a shared note yeah. ideas, yeah. nonstop, nonstop. Just looking at opportunities because yeah. I think when you if you really think about finding opportunities, just really switching your mindset and just mm. seeing opportunity in every everything that you look at. Yeah. And once you do that, I think every, you just be able to create more and more ideas. Yeah. So. Yeah, we we've been saying a lot of yeses the last couple of years too. Like too many. Like, yeah, let's do it. So I think now we're getting even more like combing through that list and really yeah. getting fucking serious when we look at it. Like, yeah. is it scalable? Yeah. Is it capital intensive? Because yeah. like the turnkey business, dude, it's it's so, so much money yeah, that yeah, you have to raise. Yeah. And then now you know the market's slowing down, buyers yeah. are cooling off. It's like, fuck. All right, now we got to make some calls to these people yeah. that have a ton of money with us. Hey, what can we do? How can yeah. we figure something out? Right? It's like not fun. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, we're starting to get a and the trucking business too, which we had as well, which <laughs> just got crushed with the whole pandemic and everything. So yeah. there's so many. We started. We have a list, and we started like getting started saying a lot more no's right now, yeah. especially with. I did, but I on. just think that's just part of life and then part of the evolution of be, being an entrepreneur. Yeah, for sure. Because you start out. You want to grow. You want to make money. You just you start making money, then you want to make more money, and then you start shiny object syndrome. Yeah. Oh, I want to do this. Let me do this. Let me. Then you realize, let me slow it down. Let me yeah. slow. It. And that's I think you. Can, I can say that we're in that point right now where before we were just like you guys. Yes, 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 yes. Now, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no, no. Probably yes. Yeah. Like we're we're I'm I've learned that. So. Yeah. And then re- I think for us though, we just understand the importance of focus. Yeah. You know, so many times. Like, you're all over the place. And I heard this quote, if you're everywhere, you're nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to say that again. If you're everywhere, you're nowhere. Because if you're all over the place, you're not in one place. And sometimes you you need to be in one place in order and execute at that one thing or in that one place before yeah. you start trying to go to and do other things. Yeah. But and, and I look at life, or you look at billionaires, they all made their money doing one thing. Yeah, and then they started going out and doing other things. Let me yeah. be great at one, yeah. and then from there, I have the time, the capital to, and you know, the capital to do what it is that I want to do, how I want to do it. Yeah. So, and that's kind of the approach that we're taking now. Like, okay, what's our one thing? What are we going to focus on? What's going to get us to what we want to get to? And then from once we get to that point, we can <laughs> start doing other things. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And first, one of the big criteria is that does it scale? I mean, yeah. Does it scale? Yes. And how much friction is there to scale? Yeah. You but know? like billionaire scale, not yeah. like yeah, 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 yeah. not like flipping houses. Scale. People yeah. are like flipping houses scalable. You just do fifty a month. It's like, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not scalable, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So and then the other thing too that we're looking for is like a player, like a, a key player, like a player oh, yeah, that's, that's going to lead this. Yes, yes, yes. Right? same, so same with us. The same thing. And I think that's so key. Like one of the we made a post on Instagram today. Three books that have changed our life. One is who, not how. Mm-hmm. And we understand the power of who, not how. I don't mm-hmm. need. I don't want to learn how to do anything else. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out who can do the how, so I could continue to do what I want to do. Yeah. You know, like you said, bringing in that A player, that person that can come in and take over yep. and 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 get us to what we're trying to get to. Like, I, I think a part of success is understanding what you're good at. Mm-hmm. We're not operational guys. Yeah. We figured we're not operational guys. We're more visionary guys. We're more strategic planning. You know, he's going to come in and give you a a, fight, a game speech that's going to light you up and get the team going. And that's who we are. And we understand that now. So now it's understanding what, you what we're are. good at and what we're bad at yeah. and hiring for what we're bad at. Yeah. 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 We have the perfect example was the title company yeah. that we did. Like, dude, this guy was working at Amazon, complete hustler. Hate, like, didn't hate Amazon. He actually liked working. I mean, a lot of people like working at Amazon. But... 
he wanted to always like have his own company and stuff like that. He's been begging us for like two or talking to us for two or three years. Like, I want to be a part of you guys. Yeah. We were finally like, man, what if we just started a title company? We're paying 50 grand a month to these title companies. We have seven of them. What if we started one that had all, you know, that swallowed up all seven of these companies we had, all mm-hmm. seven of the title companies we're working with. We'll be making 50K a month just turning on a light switch, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I hired this guy, matched his Amazon salary, gave him a percentage of the company. He learned everything, got the license, started the company, got everything up and running, runs the entire show. And I, mean, I think last month we like... We did 50 transactions, 50 yeah, transactions. Already, wow. Yeah, 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 and we yeah. started yeah, five, five employees. Wow. We started in March, five five employees. He's running the entire show. I don't even, I'm saying that because I don't even know how to log into the goddamn system yeah, or yeah, do yeah. anything. I don't have a title license. Yeah, I never yeah. spent any time on it. It's just yeah. like, here's the, like kind of what your mentor did with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Here's the opportunity. I'll give you guys a percentage of the company. I'll fund everything. I have guaranteed business because yeah. I know these medical yeah. clinics or whatever. And you know, go start it, and like, that's huh. like what we're trying and to that do. That guy more. didn't know anything about title business yeah. at all. He just, we knew that when we he was a hustler. We knew he was a hustler. We knew he was a so you know, essentially a player. you didn't invest in the title business. You oh, invested yeah. in him. That's right. Yeah. But we had a problem <laughs> or an opportunity, so, and say, right. well, it'd be nice to have the guy that can run that. Yeah. yeah. But it didn't matter about the skill set. It didn't matter that. We just knew that his skill was he's gonna he's gonna he's drive gonna figure this thing. Shit out. Yeah. So for you, Antoine, how long did it take you to realize that okay, I don't want to be the operator? I mean, it depends on the company. Some businesses I can operate way way better than yeah. every because I feel like at the end of the day, I am like what you guys said, kind of like the visionary, setting setting everything up, bringing in the right people. Sometimes I need to operate a company to get it off its feet. Like this SaaS company we're doing right now, like I'm the only one that can do that. I can't, I can't hire somebody else, a who, another yeah. who to like come and do that because it would take too, uh, too long. So I guess it depends on the opportunity that comes up. Title company where I know zero and anybody, any other who person can come in and they know zero as well. We're starting from ground level. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. I'd rather give him a percentage. He goes and figures it out. Yeah. And then I can run the general, not ops, but just like the vision of the company, yeah. checking the PL, the balance yeah. sheet, making sure the accounts are funded and all that and growth of the company. I mean, instead. But I think that's how w- real wealth is made. You look at the guys on Shark Tank, they're not, inv- they're not managing all those companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I have a team under yeah. me. So you get to the point where you start understanding like, hey, here's my strength. Here's what I'm good at. And then I just know how to hire really good people. Yeah. And I think that's anything, anything you want to, uh, anything regarding business, it's, it's not the business that succeeds or fails, it's the people that yeah. succeeds or yeah. fails. So yeah. you got to ask yourself, like, because no, think about it. It's the, like you, Jim Collins wrote that in Good to Great. You think about these big companies that go under, you know, it's not the business itself, it's the people that's running the business. Yeah. So if you want to grow and scale a great business, you need, you know, great people. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. And like the thing is too, like you, I mean, you look at GameStop, for example, I was watching the documentary on Netflix, but yeah. well, like GameStop too, like uh, exactly who not, like who's in the company? No, they had like the perfect thing. They could have just merged yeah. everything on Toys R Us. They could have done everything online, yeah. beat out Amazon, just like Chewy did with dog food. Yeah. Yeah. Like why did Chewy? Because they had better customer support. Okay. GameStop yeah. could have still done yeah. game trading. Wow. Like all this shit online, they could have sold all the equipment, but Correct. no, you still got to go to the goddamn or you store. You look at the Netflix store too. 
Netflix used to send CDs. Yeah. Remember DVDs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they and converted. Then they flip. And then Blockbuster, they didn't want to do any of these conversions. Yeah. And then they end up. Yeah. But again, it, it goes back to what? People. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. exactly. Block, yeah. Block, yeah. The Who's people in it? at Blockbuster yeah. says, oh, no, this is working for us. And not understanding that somebody yeah. needs to be the visionary yeah. and say, hey, yeah. this is not going to be around a long time. So what's the next phase for us? You know, if they if they was I, I, and I, I looked at a documentary where Blockbuster had several chances to buy Netflix and they said no. Mm -hmm. And now look net, what Netflix is and look what yeah. Blockbuster is. Yeah. yeah. Blockbuster got one store left. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so at the beginning, definitely. I mean, when you're in the business, like scaling up, like scaling processes, scaling, scaling all that kind of stuff is, is great. Great but, for who? <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, you need to scale. You the said people. that. You said that was like the process is must have my head started to hurt. <laughs> Again, but it just goes back to we know what we're good at. Yeah, yeah. I've, it's been several times we've been tried. Like we've literally tried to sit down and put processes together, uh, together, yeah. like blocked out everything, and just couldn't do it because uh -huh. I realized that's not what I'm good at. That's not what my that's not my mind doesn't work like that. Mm. Now we just eventually pay somebody, but oof. The processes yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah well and something else like i think that we felt like we were on shark tank like the last couple of years to be honest like title company sh you know trucking company we had a bunch of other stuff like the, my mentorship started as well like over the last 12 months or so yeah. we felt like we were on goddamn shark tank it was like find the person who has a company or we have this business idea bring the person in they figure it out we yeah. own a percentage blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. oh yeah we started deed path as yeah. well which yeah. is another another company that we started a couple of blockchain things like Oh yeah, that's right. See, so much, so much <laughs> you can't even remember. But we, but I think we started looking at it like almost like how you said, like the the guys on Shark Tank. They have their, I guess you can call it like a family. We we were th kind of thinking of like it a like family a, office a family office structure. So okay. you have like you guys who have this company, which is like your investment fund yeah. or investment pool. In that, you have somebody that comes in and sets up all the systems. Somebody sets up bookkeeping, accounting. That's all kind of like in house. And then off of that, you have all these different companies, your wholesaling business, fix and flip, mm -hmm. hard money lender, whatever, whatever yeah. side companies you want to run that each has their own kind of like operators. Yeah. But still, the core nucleus of it is you guys, the visionaries, yeah. somebody that's really good at yeah. doing the IT, the system setup, the accounting, all bookkeeping, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's how we started to. We're trying to get there. But then, uh, you know, interest rates started going up and messed a lot of things up. Yeah. But yeah. So you <clears throat> so with your uh, so let's kind of like look at your cleaning business. You scaled that up uh, to a certain point, even though you didn't really kind of enjoy it. I mean, you had a lot of turnover, and I thought I thought your business was kind of like uh, it's kind of genius because it's kind of cleaning, but it's also a little bit niche because it's yeah. medical cleaning. Yeah. So you have to have a little bit more training, a little bit more something. But you had a high turnover yeah. on that. So how did that kind of um, so when you were doing the training and all that kind of stuff, how did you kind of like feel about that? And did you did that give you the the, the feeling that okay, well, this is not going to scale up. This is not well. This is not my cup of tea. Uh, like hiring constantly, hiring people and training them. I we need to find something else. And then I'm not going to sit here and lie. At 22 years old, we weren't even thinking about scale. We all we thought oh, about yeah. was I want a franchise. Want how a how can we, we? That was all we thought about. Franchise, franchise, franchise. Be an owner operator concept where you, we can show that you as the owner operator, you can make anywhere from 150 to 200 a year depending on your market. Yeah. So that's what we were after and what we we're trying to achieve. Okay. And we was on track to do that, but thankfully we made that pivot. Or yeah. thankfully <laughs> our mentor was like, look, guys, you hate this business because 
You look at yeah. we're in a gig economy now. Yeah. Everybody yeah, exactly. having hiring um, yeah. issues, issues, trying yeah. to hire people. So if we would have still been in that business, would yeah. we really still be in business? Because somebody could go and drive Uber we, yeah. and less headache yeah. than having to come and clean offices at night. Yeah. yeah. So sold the business, made a ton of money. No. 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 So, no. No. So twenty million. Said, uh, twenty million. I, I think wish, I saw the we, article. We, so twenty million. Take, take no, no, no. Twenty million. Take three. What? Three zeros off of that? Take <laughs> <laughs> a couple of zeros off. Of that. Wow. So we actually. So when we put the business on the market with a broker, um. We got we got an offer for low six figures for the business, mm -hmm. but it, uh, before you even go, it's interesting the like how what the the uh, what life where life takes you because at the time we really didn't know you could sell a business, mm -hmm. yeah. but preparing a business for sale yeah, yeah. has helped us because now anything else that we do we need to make sure that it's scalable we need yeah. to make sure that there's intellectual property we need to make sure it's this that the so books are good. the books are good so now going into a business we know we need to operate as if we're trying to exit that business yeah so go ahead. What was I saying? I'm sorry. No, you were saying about selling the business. To six, low, low six, six figures. figures. Oh, so just somebody, somebody gave us an offer for low six figures. We thought we could have got, we thought we should have got more for the business. And what a month and a half later, still waiting for the right person to come and operate the business. Once we put the business on the market, within the, within like a week or two, we start. We hired, we had hired our first mentor to teach us real estate. We paid them fifty five thousand. We didn't learn anything, and we paid another mentor fifteen thousand. So seventy thousand before we ever do a deal. We in credit card debt from paying mentors to teach us real estate. So we're trying. So at this point, the business was still running itself. We wasn't trying to go out and get more accounts. We was just trying to keep our current account happy, and make and hope that the employees was doing what they were supposed to do. Wow! During the day, we're focusing on real estate full time. Okay. The cleaning business was by the wayside at this point. So, wow! The the business was again. We listed it, got a nice, a decent offer. Thought we could have got more. Over the next couple of months, focusing on real estate, the business started to fall apart because we wasn't paying attention to it. I mean, losing clients, losing clients right. left and right. Wow. So eventually, we did our first. We did our first real. It took us three months to do our first real estate deal. We made nineteen thousand five hundred dollars on our first deal. Uh -huh. That was more than it we was were. Deal. That was more than we were netting in the cleaning business. Like, forget this cleaning business. We oh, called really? the broker. Wow. You have one week to sell this business. If you don't sell this business, we're shutting it down. Uh -huh. We found a buyer. Low six figures turned into twenty thousand dollars. Whoa! So oh we just God. we we just wanted out. We wanted to give our the, the 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 guy he had gave us initially. He gave us some like I think like five to ten thousand dollars, like a small investment. So we yeah. paid him back and we walked away with a little bit of money. We just wanted out. So wow. just like in real estate, there's motivated sellers. We was businesses. <laughs> it's the same thing. Oh yeah, motivated yeah, 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 sellers. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy who bought the business, <clears throat> I mean he. It was a great buy. He, walk, for him. he walked into like eighty ninety thousand dollar like net cash flow business in a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but again, we but went it out. We we paid yeah, our yeah, yeah. back, and I mean, yeah. if we were still be in that business now, if we wasn't for him, so forget it. So yeah, there are a lot of uh, actually. When we had the trucking business, we actually looked at buying another trucking business. Yeah. And oh, stuff like yeah. that. And and that's kind of thing. I mean, there are a lot of people that are business owners, business operators, and then they at a certain age yeah. or all of that, and it's just like. They have two options. They either kind of like uh, recycle if they have like a lot of equipment, machinery, and stuff like that. They have to reinvest in the business. Yeah. So if they didn't plan for that, they don't have any reserves, and it's like you know they are stuck. Yeah. Or they have to, or they shut it down. They want to retire. They're tired of the, the business. And stuff yeah. Like that. So there are a lot of motivated, a lot definitely. Yeah, I think in the this guy to tell that story. This guy was selling his trucking business. I think he was asking like a million bucks. Is it that much? 
No, it was not that much. Okay, 600 grand? Yeah. Okay, he had, there was this new law that came out in the trucking business where if your engine wasn't updated to be like certain eco-friendly kind of thing, so if it was built below a certain year, 1978, I'm going to make up a number, then you had to re-engine all the trucks. And so he had, and that cost like, you know, 30 grand maybe per truck. Wow. So he was trying to sell this, this company and he had all the trucks were below that. So you had to go automatically spend like 300 grand just to like get everything legal. Yeah. And that was like in 2023. Yeah. Like, so he had 12 months to pretty much do that. Wow. All his drivers were like from 65 years old to oh. like 95 years old. 65 was the youngest. <laughs> he was the young oh buck. And some of the drivers, I was like, can you still drive a truck at 80 years old? Like, 80, this is, 85. Yeah, it was insane. Like... <laughs> So uh, the, yeah, so we didn't buy wow. a business. <laughs> oh, but the other thing, the other thing, you guys said to keep your like learning how to sell a business. I wish we had gone through that kind of process too, because that would be like a great learning experience. But this guy too, we're like, can we see your books? He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> everything on paper. Everything on paper. Oh every God. single check. Every single thing is just like. Here's a photocopy of all my books and like dated, like signed and dated, like with a pen. Wow. And we're like, how are we going to go through? Like, can you send it us in like Excel so we yeah. can like play with the number? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but maybe you don't know this, but then after, when we said we don't want to buy the business, I had to send that stack of paper like that <laughs> by UPS. The- it cost me like uh, over a hundred dollars. Wow. He wanted it back? That. He wanted it back. Oh my god! So I had to ship it. I said I can, you know. I said, "Oh no, you didn't want to reprint it again." Wow! It was like it, it was insane. <laughs> wow! So, but that first deal you guys did—that was a wholesale. Yep. yep. Okay. When we first started in real estate, it was all wholesale. We focused strictly on wholesale. So, I think for the first fifteen months, fifteen eighteen months in, we were just only doing wholesale deals, mm-hmm. and we was only we were doing them on MLS, like no off market. Was just. Yeah, banging oh, yeah. the phones. Oh, so you just look at a deal on MLS and then you would put them, if it was good, you would put it under contract, then you would start phoning some. Mind wow. you, this is 2016. 2016. So it was still a, it was still a, quite a few number of deals on MLS. So yeah. I'm not going to say it was just, it, it, it wasn't like a little easier than it is today because as you guys know today, there's nothing on MLS. But then, yeah. 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 Well, we still buy things on MLS. I think it's are. coming back. Yeah. It's coming back into 2016. I think so. Yeah. Numbers yeah. where it's gonna that's gonna open up again. Yeah, I think yeah, for so. Sure. For sure. But so you guys would just cold call MLS listings, and then put the house under contract, then build up a buyer's list, and kind of just flip those contracts. We then. wasn't even focused on building a buyer's list. And I, to me, this is my yeah. my opinion. I think people do really. So many people are focused on building a buyer's list. Mm-hmm. Why build a list where you don't have nothing to sell? Yeah. You know, I think in business, if you have, we had that too. Remember, if you oh, have yeah. a great product, even if you have shitty customer service, you still have a great product. So mm-hmm. for us, our product was real estate, and we always focused on getting, getting our buyers a great, giving our buyers a great product. So anytime we sent something out on our list, we did a lot of JVs with people. Um, but it was easy to sell because the deals got hot. And then over time, we started building our buyers list. Got it. Yeah. yeah. When we got started as well, I mean, we were talking to a, a coach. And then he was like, oh, yeah, before, if you're going to do this, I mean, you need to have like a massive buyers list. You need to have at least 100 people mm-hmm. on your buyers list. Otherwise, don't even start to put anything under contract. <laughs> and, it's like, and then we just kind of oh, like, yeah, I remember right, that. Yeah, remember? Oh, my God. Yeah, you don't, again, you don't, yeah. again, you have a great product. The buyers are there. The buyers yeah. are going to come. Yeah. Every at all times at any point in history, somebody's buying real estate. Yeah. yeah. Up market, down market, somebody is looking to buy. 
So you, which market did you? Uh, any strategies on the market? Just decide to you, local. You know, local. In your oh, yeah, it was every, when we first started, everything was local. We didn't okay. go virtual and start doing other markets until like three years in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, three years in. Mm-hmm. So for the first three years, it was only local. Dave Broward and Palm Beach County, so Miami, okay. Fort Lauderdale, and Palm Beach is what we were doing deals. Okay. And how did you scale that up? So the first three years, we had no employees. Okay. So we and the we. <laughs> From the bad experience with the cleaning company, oh, we don't want any employees. That was our, we don't want no we employees. No employees. We're going to do this by ourselves. I mean, we were slaving. We were slaving. Yeah, we were. We were slaving. We <laughs> <laughs> talking about 100 hour week slaving. Oh, my yeah, we, God. But, but, you know, we, you know better, you do better. At yeah. the point, that's what we thought was the right thing to do. Eventually, we hired, hired more mentors, continued to grow and scale. We realized that we okay. were going about this the, right, the, the, the wrong way. Yeah. So we just started hiring employees, mm-hmm. and now the business is almost to a point where it runs without us. So, so you clearly define the process for the wholesaling. Well, we pay, we pay, we pay somebody to yeah, clearly define. I the process. triggered you last time. Yeah. The process. <laughs> that, but I said we paid. We we really did pay a consultant to come okay. in and to do all of our processes, yeah, yeah. SOPs. Wow. For us, yeah. I wasn't. I was. I well, just one of thought. the ways that we did that too, like, is basically. I mean, we would record ourselves doing a task or doing things. Loom. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, Loom is fantastic. Even, it's but really even amazing. that is just like like excruciating, excruciating pain to me. Oh, yeah, like yeah. just doing a record okay. yeah. and then you'd record it we put it there and then we'd have okay but can you do this and yeah. then can you document it and yeah. all that or what we would do is like for our first few employees we'd actually have the employee write an sop mm-hmm. um just if they ever quit or whatever just hey can you record remember i shot you showed you how to do this thing i want you to make sops yeah. on these five things yeah it's gonna be a little bit of brain damage for you to like tell them what to record and all yeah. that or what to write the sops about yeah. but yeah, we have our own employees like for acquisitions, for sales, for um, documentation, all that kind of stuff. Like they make the SOPs oh, wow. as yeah. if if they left tomorrow, they'd be good because I'm like, hey, do it now. Just in case you ever leave, then yeah. we have a record of all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But Loom, have you ever used Loom? Oh, oh yeah. We, you yeah. used it? Okay. Yeah. We we even, we even have a lot of training videos on Loom. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. didn't record them, but they're on Loom. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're so... I know like how difficult it w- before Loom, like with the quick time, you would have to like screen record yes. and voice and record upload. Yeah. and then upload it then put your freaking face on it, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And now Loom, Not super easy. it's yeah. so damn easy. You just but, go in. But that, that you think about it though, every market is ready to be disrupted. It's just who's going yeah. to do it. Look at like, all the, like you said, all that was was quick time. Yeah, and that's all we use. But then Loom came in and seen the opportunity, and they have a great product. And yeah. now we nobody talks about QuickTime. It's all Loom. So yeah, um, for us, that's like me and him had these conversations all the time. Like, what market can we disrupt? Yeah, because if you could disrupt a market, you can help a lot of people, and you can make a lot of fucking money doing it. So yeah. Yeah. um, that's a win-win for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I just want to say that we're not compensated in any way by <laughs> Loom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just really enjoy the product. And, yeah, but Loom, if you want to compensate us, <laughs> <laughs> reach me at seven eight six. But uh, yeah, so I mean, we, I just discovered that well, Anton just showed me like uh, recently, and it's is great. It, is, yeah. it was great for because he sent me a QuickTime video. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing too that's good too is like uh, a lot of we have a lot of systems. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes I've talked to support because there was an issue or something like that or or the accountant or oh, whatever. Yeah. And then I would record it on Loom. And it, the support, these support people, the support system, they don't allow you to to do the QuickTime or send a link to Google Drive. Yeah. They have a problem with that. 
And so I would send them a link to uh, to Loom, and then they were just like, okay, yeah, oh, I, I watch your video and stuff like that. I don't know exactly what the problem is. Yeah. 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 They send me the solution. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or some of those, like, where you're, yeah, you're chatting, you're making a support ticket, right? Yeah, and yeah, you can't yeah. upload a file to the support ticket. That's right. Yeah. 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 I was just like, oh. And I had to kind of like take a screenshot before and then put it in the PDF because I can just upload oh, it. Oh my God, it was so painful. Yeah, yeah that so, sounds like it. But now, like, yeah, yeah. Like it. <laughs> I know for you, it's especially <laughs> painful. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that recording these videos and stuff like that, if you're not very familiar with kind of like creating these documents and stuff like that, then the videos is, is great and mm -hmm. it's a good library. It's part of a training. Right. You do that. But it was a, ga a games. Um, it was a game changer, game saver, I would say, for, for on the financial side, because we had a hard time finding someone to basically handle all the bookkeeping. Mm. And I would basically have the SOP and then kind of like pass it on to one and then to another CPA until I found the one that I have today, the bookkeeper that I have today. Oh, wow. And he, he manages the whole SOP and our, comp our accounting and bookkeeping is pretty complex for all the projects. but. Enough said about accounting. I'm sure that you're, yeah. you're not a fan of that either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <well. laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, this was great because it's you know pretty detailed, and then we were able to document that very, awesome. very detailed. Yeah. Awesome. So, so all right. So you did you did that? Did the wholesaling and all of that? And then so it sounds like now you're doing more. You're building your own passive income portfolio, your yep. rental portfolio. So how did that shift occur? How, when did you decide that, uh, you know what, this is time for us yeah, to exactly. start building building think, our own portfolio? I think for us, we always knew we wanted to own real estate. Um, yeah. You read the books, you hear it on the news, all millionaires are created, or most millionaires are created in real estate. Yeah. Um, so it, it was always something we wanted to do, but at the time when we started wholesaling, we were dead broke. We had no money. Yeah. We sold that cleaning company for a little money, yeah, yeah, so yeah. We, and we had to split that. Yeah. Um, so we always knew we wanted to own real estate. It was just at the time you got to be strategic about how you go about it. So wholesaling was little to no risk. Uh, we needed little. To, we didn't need any money. So we got in. We started making money. Um, did some crazy things with the money, <laughs> and then start making a little bit more money. And then you start saying, "Hey, let's be smart with the money that we're making and start mm -hmm. investing into assets." Start investing into cash flow. So, mm -hmm. so our progression was like essentially year one wholesale, year two fix and flip, year three rentals. Okay. Year four ground up development project, and the last two years just putting everything together, and just figuring out, saying, learning how to say no to opportunities at this point. Okay. But that's kind of what that's been our progression in, in real estate, and really in year three we just turned up and start buying, you know, rentals and start realizing, okay, we need to start focusing on get some cash flow. Okay, but you're still doing you're still doing all the other businesses, the wholesaling, the yes. ground up development. Yeah, yep, ground, yep, yep, all that. And I heard that you're going, you're kind of like nationwide now. As for all the all these businesses, how does that go? How do you kind of manage the growth in other states? So for for us, it was the, the reason why we made the decision. Kudos to him was we started to see a change in the market at the beginning of this year. And, you know, we started realizing that we need to put our, our job as leaders is to make sure that our team can win, regardless of the market that we're in. So it came to me and let's start doing nationwide wholesaling. It was, a, it was a fight, broke out, he beat me up. Then we started doing nationwide. So when we went nation, we went nationwide simply because of him. Okay. And the way that we manage it is the same way you manage it in, in your own backyard, depending on how you have your business set up. Mm -hmm. For us, like we're not even when even when we were just only doing projects locally here in South Florida, we wasn't going to those projects. Yeah, yeah. We had the right 
systems and processes <laughs> set up that we pay somebody else yeah. to set up for us and that's how we're able we just took what we knew here or just took that on the road it's okay. no different really I, to me. I think the biggest thing in like any when you're trying to achieve anything in life you got to have a mindset shift mm -hmm. so for us it was always you know we're always taught you have to be local you have to see it you have to feel it you have to touch it yeah and then once we had that mindset shift to say why do we have to see it or how do we see it? We got pictures. Yeah. We don't need to be there to get pictures. How do we touch it? We got an inspector who can go and inspect the property. You know, so we start every excuse yep. that we essentially came up with, yeah. we start finding a solution. And then from there, we just took it into these other markets and started scaling. Yeah. And when you think about it, I mean, uh, you know, because I, when I arrived in California in 2000, I mean, I was looking for uh, rental properties. And uh, it didn't, nothing cash flowed like reasonably, uh, you know. <laughs> Unless you put a ton of money and then yeah. your cash on cash return was ridiculously low, like 1% or something yeah. like that. So I stayed in the stock market and um, and lost millions of dollars in there. But uh, <laughs> I'm, not Still that, I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't show us your Robin Hood. <laughs> but, uh, but the game changer was these, was these technologies, was the, the phone, you know, with mm. the camera everywhere. Mm. I mean, and then electronic uh, signature and all yeah. of that. And that started appearing at what, 2007, 2005, something like that. And that was a game changer. Yeah. That was something that, okay, well, now I can, and everybody had a camera. It yeah. was not, uh, so you talk to a realtor, you talk to property and contractor, and you say, hey, you know, we have sure. a, we need to fix this, we need to fix that, there's a problem. And, or you would want to monitor progress, you would get that on, yeah. on emails. And it was everywhere. Yeah. So that was, um, yeah, that was really a game changer for us. And that's what enabled us to go out of state because we couldn't invest in our backyard. We had to go, we had to go out Got it. for the, the type of strategy of that, that we were looking sense. for. That makes sense. And of but I don't even, I can't even imagine life like that. Like, you know how you, no phone? Like, you really think about how we grow up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, for us, we... Well, no, he it. said 2005 East sign. I'm like, Jesus, fucking, what do they do before? <laughs> like, I'm like... Yeah, well, you would say UPS and FedEx, they would ship... Oh, I guess we every, still do all, that everything was there. Yeah. Yeah. So but that's, damn. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thankful for technology. And that was not that long ago. Yeah, I know. That's why. <laughs> think about it, less than 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So people don't realize that. They think that's been there like, oh, yeah, but yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. and the pictures, I mean, I know when the, I've, the these uh, mobile phone came up and they had put a camera <laughs> in, it's like, like, what are you going to use a camera on the phone for? Your camera is for camera, for taking yeah. pictures. A phone is a phone. Why would you want it? And now it's just like, you know, I have like five cameras on this thing. We need more, more cameras Pull everywhere. Up cameras I need more space in my phone because I got too many pictures. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, so, I mean, it's, you know, so that allows a lot of, you know, obviously different things. Yeah. Um, so scaling up, that's good. And then, so things are going uh, pretty well. And for us also, like when we uh, started building these um, these teams yeah. uh, in the different cities, uh, having the process in place and integrating with with the team and stuff like that was yeah. also something that was that was pretty important. Yeah. How do we communicate? How do we make them an integral part of our system, our process, and what we what we my do. My question for you guys is how do you project manage all of that? Like, I just, I'm rubbing my head now thinking about project managing yeah. 40, 50 rehabs a month. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of it actually uh, comes down to the people on the ground okay. uh, that are kind of like 
managing that. Yeah. But we also have like a project coordinator that's full time for us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we don't know how he does it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, ma he looks at everything. He looks at every picture and, you know, and figure Rehab out. Rehab bid with every picture, with yeah. every line item, with how much money was sent, which yeah. next draw he approves. He then requests the money from our assistant pretty much who puts in the wire to be sent out as a draw. So he's managed, it's pretty much project managers for every single market. There's either one to three project managers on the ground locally, managing anything from two GCs to 25 GCs, depending on the market. Mm -hmm. So you have the, GC, you have the GCs, project manager on the ground, then our project manager. Um, and then above that is kind of Eric and I managing if there's anything that comes up. But honestly, yeah. nothing ever no. comes up. Got it. So there's a lot of like people that it goes through before some big problem gets to us, but most of the time, that guy is a stopping. So goal. if you can share, what is a big problem that will come to you? Uh, I mean, doing big, fifty rehabs out of—that's something we I don't even want to do. <laughs> yeah. Foundation leaking. Yeah, just um, big surprises where you okay. have like a twenty-five k job and like a five k surprise comes up. Yeah. Okay. If it's anything like a thousand, two thousand, he just automatically approves it. Yeah. He pretty much. He's really fucking good now that I think about it. But yeah, he's... <laughs> thank, thank you, Sean. Yeah, thanks, Sean. <laughs> he's amazing. Found him on Instagram, too, which we can get in the whole social media thing, too. But um, he... Yeah, it'll just be surprises like that. Waterproofing thing came up. Thierry, he'll loop in my acquisition guy be like, hey, Thierry, do we have the budget for an extra 5K? Hey, sales team, do is this going to be okay with an extra 5K? Are we still going to be profitable? They all get together. If they can work something out, great. If not, then they loop me in. Be like, Antoine, what do you want to do? We're going to either lose money or we have to increase rent or like on this deal kind of thing. Yeah. And then that's when I'll come in. But most of the time, it's kind of like project manager, acquisition, and sales kind of working together, those three departments to figure yeah. out yeah. if it works. And the thing that's important here is like empowering your team yeah. to yeah. the decision. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's... They have to delegate. If you want to be free yes. from, I think, from the day-to-day, -day, you have to delegate. Yeah. You're not always going to like the answer yeah. right. or the solution they came up with but yeah, uh, because it hits you in the wallet most of the time. <laughs> but you have to trust them, and then you adjust. I, it's crazy you say that because I texted him yesterday or two days ago, and I said that as leaders, the best thing we can ask our team is, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Because too long they would come to us yeah. and we would give them the answer and again yeah. it's just like we're feeding yep. them the yeah. fish we're not teaching them to fish yeah so once we change the the thought process from answering the question to saying what do you think mm -hmm. and then guiding them on their decision that they've made that's been a game changer for our yeah. business yeah. or right. something else too Me i too. learned from uh layla hormozy <laughs> alex hormozy's wife mm -hmm. she posted she was like because like the turnkey business for us, we're trying to get out of it to where it just runs itself, kind of like your wholesaling, where it just runs itself. Get it, out of it, I mean, you two just like run, you guys are getting out of it. Gotcha. Where the company, just those 10, yeah. 15 employees will just run the company. Self operate. Self operating. And then if they have anything, they can loop us in, but I don't want the 200 emails a day that I've been getting the Oof. last seven years. <laughs> so, how do I do that? Is like what you said, like the two guys who kind of run the show is like the project manager, the sales manager, and the acquisitions manager, those yeah. three people. And they used to just come at me every single day, one one question from each of them every single day. What should we do about this? This is a different scenario I've never handled before. I was Now I've started replying, like, have you taken 10 minutes to think about what would be the best outcome yeah. for the company? Yeah. Well, no, I just like, I'm just, forward, just forwarding you the message. Yeah. I'm like, take 10 minutes. Think about it, yeah. then come back to me with a couple of options that you think would be best. 
One thing I, I forgot know? who yeah. I heard this from. It was an entrepreneur. He said, "Don't if you for every one problem there needs to be two solutions." So again, every one problem there needs to be two solutions. So one thing that we, me and him talked about is how do we get our team to think like that? So when yeah. you come to me with a problem, there needs to be two solutions. Don't mm -hmm. come to me with a problem if you don't have a solution. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I think that's how you lead, that's how you manage, and that's how you're able to grow and scale. Yeah. Because again, if you have to be involved in everything, Oof. you won't you won't be you won't oh, scale. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you got your own issues and things that you have to deal with, and then you're dealing with your team's problem. Yeah. So now that's why we understand now if you <clears> want to scale and do great in business. You need eight players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It takes yeah and that's what. And it's just like changing up the way you've, I've been replying to to emails. Like, you know, it's like, what do you think? What do you think would be best? Mm -hmm. yeah. What are some options here? Spend some time thinking about it and come back to me with a couple solutions. But I think if you go through that process, you'll know what the right answer is. Yeah. yeah. So also too, if there's like a big expense that comes up now and the project manager doesn't loop in my other team members, I'll loop them in and be like. Hey, added Angelica and Thierry here. You guys figure it out. Come up with the best solution that makes the most amount of money or, you know, cuts us the worst, right? Yeah. Where we lose the least amount of money for this property and do it. Yeah. Approved. Yeah. Like, figure it out, you know? Yeah. So, it's awesome. That's it's a awesome. hard process to get to, but uh, eventually. <clears throat> Um, so I think yeah you so you've you've been very successful lots of lessons learned in yes. different businesses as we've talked about so for the people that are listening to this I mean they're inspired <coughs> by your stories and you know we're successful and are successful today and um, so what what do you recommend to them like how do they get started if they want to if they're inspired by what you do they want to do what you're doing right now the same model how would you uh, how would you tell them to get started? What's the first couple of things that they should be doing? Um, for me, I think the step one is to take action. So a lot of people think about it, but they don't take action. Mm -hmm. So, and people say, what is action? Action is whatever it is that you set out to do. So if I want to get in, started in investing in real estate, I'm taking action by going on YouTube. I'm taking action by only following people on social media that's talking about real estate. Um, if I have money to hire a mentor, I'm a hire a mentor. Um, for us, we took we didn't have money. Yeah. And I'm, this is not financial advice to nobody, but we, we put everything on a credit card. Mm -hmm. $70,000 in debt before we did our first deal wow. because we're going to bet on Joshua and Jeremy. So for us, is we just took action. And, you know, that the first action may not, we didn't get the results we wanted. The second action, we got some results. And just by taking action yeah. has gotten us to where we are today. I, w I would say if somebody was looking to get started, I just, when, I, when we first started out in business, and in life, I've, I, I wasn't a huge proponent of mentors. Mm -hmm. Now, like, I'm a huge, huge believer in what mentors can do, the right mentor can do for your life. You just heard, we just mm -hmm. gave you countless stories of how a lot of mentors have been able to collapse time for us and help, yeah. help us to get there faster. So if I'm looking to get started in real estate, I'm trying to first, I'm trying to get clear on what it is I want to do. Do I want to wholesale? Do I want to fix and flip? Do I want to buy rentals? Do I want to buy Airbnb? That's yeah. the first thing. I need, I want to identify what is it that I want to do? Do I want to be a lender? And then once I identify that, who's doing what I aspire to do and do they have a mentorship program? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm searching everywhere. I'm trying to do all kind of research. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to find the person that's doing what I want to do that's currently doing it. Not somebody who's talking. Not somebody who's talking about what they used to do, but somebody who's currently doing it, who can, who, who can show receipts, who can show exactly what that is that they're doing, and I'll have a conversation with them and see exactly what the mentorship is about, uh, and and make a decision. 
Yeah, and I just recently came up with that realization on how important it is. Because uh, when I wrote my book, like Stop Trading Your Time for Money, yeah. I kind of had to go back to kind of like, how did I get started and why and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, so I bought an eight-unit apartment building when I was 18 years old. Wow. I'm gonna not going to give the details. But one of the reasons why I was successful in doing that with no money down, because I had no money, but uh, wow. is that I had this mentor that was just uh, a community college teacher. He was nothing. He was, he was nothing. He was he was very <laughs> smart, but he was not. You're nothing. He was not, <laughs> <laughs> he was not somebody nothing. special. He was not smarter than yeah. anybody. He didn't have money. He didn't have anything. Society but he would say he's not successful. Exactly. And then I was comparing that with my parents, and it was just like he's no smarter than my parents. He's no, yeah. you know. But somehow he cracked the. A nut, yeah. and then he said, "Yeah, this is what he's going to do." And he was successful at it. And he, I said, when I met him, I said, "Okay, you have to tell me everything." But I had forgotten that part of it, and I thought that I was in my mind. I thought, "Oh, I did it by myself." But when I wrote my book, I was just like, you know, you know, this guy was more important, more influential, and impactful than I realized. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so that's why I mentioned it, and that's why you know I'm starting doing my mentorship as well for the same reason, because I know that, yeah, it's going to collapse a timeline for you. Mm -hmm. It's going to help you focus. You're not going to look at 50 different strategies. There's so many ways to make money in real estate. Your mentor is going to kind of focus on a couple of strategies that's going to work for you, for your circumstance yep. and all that. And they're going to also give you the confidence to move forward, to continue uh, on the right track and the encouragement and all of that and answer the questions you might have. So I think yep. that's... Yeah, it's definitely something that's worth your time and money and uh, to find a mentor that's going to help you do that. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, verify credentials, verify that, uh, you know, that they know exactly what, what you right, need. Right, you need no receipt, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So this is very good. Uh, so, um, and then you mentioned also like uh, in, any kind of books that you would recommend that would help people to get started in real estate. Um, I know you mentioned like uh, for, for I don't have a real estate book specific, uh -huh. um, but a book I recommend to everybody is called The Energy Bus. It's okay. by John Gore and it's an easy read. Um, I read it at least once a year and it's, it gives you 10 principles that you can apply to your life and your business. Mm -hmm. So like surrounding yourself with the right people, staying motivated staying disciplined. But it, it, they 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 give you stories based around the principle. So that's a book that I always okay. recommend to people. Well, that sounds good. Any kind of like uh, systems, program, software that uh, beside Loom? <laughs> <laughs> um, for us, we don't use anything special. Uh -huh. um, yeah, no. There is nothing really special. Okay. Uh, a CRM system is a CRM system. Okay. Some is better, some is not. No. Um, same with texting platforms. We've used yeah. all of them or, or you know email platforms. Uh, to me, they're all the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. it's not like anything's better than the other to no. me. Like okay. We've used a few of them. They all do kind of the same thing. Okay. So, okay. so you're pretty flexible. But yeah. But you're saying a CRM is something that's important. No, not really. No. I think I think I, as you scale, as, as you, you scale, scale. But I think, man, people just need to go out there and try to figure out how do I get a deal. Yeah, yeah. I think we try to figure out, okay, what CRM system I need to use. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What do I need? Go out and figure out how to get deals and get everything deal else. First, everything else falls into place. Like I tell yeah, people yeah. all the time. You don't need money to do real estate. If you know how, if you have the ability to go out and find deals, your life is set. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you know how to find deals, everything, and you, and you have, you're a little bit resourceful, you will know how to go out and be able to find the money to get the deals funded. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, and how are you guys finding deals right now? 
All everything. Everything we do right now is on on inbound marketing. Okay. So part all we do right now is online marketing. So customers are finding sellers are finding us. Okay. Buy miles cash. Like that type of stuff. So okay, everything well, we do is online marketing. Okay. Hey, but there's for us, man. Like as you, as we grow, we understand the importance of strategy. So yep. it was a strategic move that we yep. made to understand that. Um, where where is our lowest our our easiest way to convert? Mm-hmm. So you start. We start thinking at the bigger picture. There's a lot of turnover in our industry. Why? Because man, I got to talk to you're, when you're cold calling and you're texting. Mm-hmm. I got to talk to 50 people to get yeah. one deal. Yeah. So we reverse engineered the business. We want to scale the business and remove ourselves from the business. So how do we do that? Mm-hmm. We give. We need to give our people the most opportunities to win. So as you a lot of outbound marketing takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of burnout on yeah. the phones. The inbound stuff, you know. When, for, for cold calling, it was one to fifty, one to sixty to get a deal. Yeah. The inbound stuff, you're talking about one to eight, one to thirteen is what yeah, we're yeah. Online about. marketing. So it, it, it gives it's our not cold team calling anymore. It's yeah. like a, a warm lead that's coming. Correct. It's people that want to sell. So that's yeah. how we transitioned and folk and said to ourselves, like, mm-hmm. you know, just how do we set this business up long term for success? Another yeah. thing that we did was we we wanted to be able to do deals anywhere. Mm-hmm. When you do cold calling and text messaging, you have to go out and buy data for, for specific industries, for specific yeah. places. Yeah. Right now, if I wanted to, if I want to just target a specific area with online marketing, I can target, I can target the entire United States, or I can say, you know what, buyers are buying right now in Alabama. I need to, I need to set yeah. up shop in Alabama and start targeting Alabama. And it's an easy switch because uh, it's not like I got to stop buying data, or go buy more data. All I'm saying is, hey, Google, I don't want to market across the United States anymore. Yeah. I just want to market right now in Alabama or wherever we want to market. So, so once you're we mostly start, doing Google, though? Yeah, mostly Google. Okay. Yep. Have you guys ever tested Facebook, Instagram? We, we tested. Now, we tested Facebook. And, again, it goes back to what my brother said. You got to talk to more people to get yeah. deals. So for us... We don't do Facebook anymore. Some people yeah. they swear by it. They love Facebook marketing for distressed homes and motivated sellers. For us, it was just again you got to talk to a lot, a lot more people yeah, yeah. than you do when you do in PPC. So okay, yeah. yeah. And then, um, so how many leads? How many leads or how many wholesale deals do you do uh, per year right now? Right now, how many do we have on the board? Right now, uh, active we have about twenty-two deals on the board. Okay. I know. Um, that we're working on. And again, that was another thing. It was easier to scale. You know, before we went nationwide, mm-hmm. we'll probably have, what, maybe 10 on the board. Yeah. Um, but now we're consistently having 25 on the board at all times, whether yeah. that's a sign, being a sign, or being working. Between like 18 okay. to 25 okay. at, at yeah. a time is where we're at right now. Per at month. A time? Okay, per month. So yeah. that's, well, that's 20, that's like 400 deals a year? No, no, that's not 400. Okay. How many so we just but we just started doing like that that well, scale can, this I year. Multiply. <laughs> I'm assuming there's 20 months. In <laughs> yeah, Jesus. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> no, but 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 for, so we just we just started doing volume like that when yeah. once we went nationwide. When, okay. when we were just doing deals locally, you're talking about between five to twelve deals a month. Okay. As far as like when we're doing deals in just Florida, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. And then are you guys still seeing any kind of like buyer changes due to the interest rates and oh, all that kind of stuff? Oh, for sure, man. That, it, as that's retail and thing, investors. That's the one thing that like I appreciate about doing deals nationwide. Like I know what's going on in every part of the country. Mm. We have we have deals in New York right now. Like any almost we've done a deal almost in every state except North the no, except South Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, 
We haven't done Washington State either. Washington State, Hawaii, we haven't done one. But every we haven't other, done Alaska either. We almost got we close almost on Alaska. Got, but every other state we've done a deal in. So you start understanding other markets and how mm. they work. Yeah. I mean, we see everywhere that buyers are pulling back. They're getting yeah. more conservative. Yeah. Realtors um, are even another thing that I like about you know our model is again, like you said, we get a real pulse. We have sellers that are calling us. Hey, my house is listed. The realtor can't sell it. Well, how long has the realtor tried to sell it? For two weeks. They told me they can move <laughs> in. <there. laughs> but it, but that lets me know yeah, that yeah, yeah. the sellers, their expectations have are not yeah. in alignment with what we are currently exactly. in the market. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We have realtors that are calling us. Hey, you know, I've been trying to sell my client's house. I can't sell it. What would you guys give me for a cash offer? Uh-huh. I, I We started to see this months wow. ago when realtors yeah. were calling us. And that's why we knew that the market was starting to take a shift, aside from looking at the data. Yeah. Having real-time, accurate information where every morning I meet with my sales team, yeah. guys, what were the leads like yesterday? This is what we got. This is what we got. And if you keep getting that, that we get a real pulse on the market yeah, because yeah. we generate a good bulk of, we, we generate a good amount of leads. So, What's the, the newest hot market that we should focus on? Where the, the houses are, all the bargains are. We haven't, I haven't. It seen. hasn't been it, one specific. So yeah. we're not doing a lot of deals in one specific market. It's just spread out. So you got one in Pennsylvania, one in Ohio, mm-hmm. three in Kentucky, couple so, in New York. And then and they're spread out across the states too. Okay. It's not just one specific market. But know? then for that, how are you finding buyers? Like you get a brand new deal in New York. How are you getting the buyers list? So again, bro, it's a mindset shift. You don't need a buyers list. Like for us, we, you were talking about technology and how yeah. it's ch- transitioned for us. It's like, we figured out how technology can make our business our business easy. So one, as you know, there's softwares like PropStream or Batchelies where you can go on and pull data mm-hmm. of the cash buyers in that market. So that's what we do. Okay, we pull okay. the data, okay, okay. we'll call them, we'll text them and say, here's the deal. But the best way and the easiest way that we've been able to find buyers is on Facebook. Going on Facebook group. So if there's okay. a deal in, in somewhere in New York, yeah. I'll go on Facebook, I'll join that Facebook group and 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 I'll say, Hey guys, I have this deal, one, two, three Main Street and Chickatawaga, New York. I never knew that place existed. We're doing a deal there. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, you start finding out who's buying in that area. And then a realtor says, Hey, I have a buyer. A wholesaler says, Hey, I have a buyer. So along with us calling buyers that have bought in one mile radius of the property, we like Facebook has been a game changer for us. So, but okay. but but one thing he said was like not needing a buyers list. It goes back to oh, you guys are building a buyers list. I think for us, we've always had that approach. Why am I building a buyers list when I don't have anything to sell? Yeah. If, yeah. if you now you can now we do know people that get into this business and they they do build the buyers list and they sell other people's deals for them. Yeah. But for me, we we never wanted to build a business like that where I I have to depend on Antoine and yeah. hopefully he sends me his deal so that I can sell them. Yeah. Vertically integrated. I want to control every part of the process so that I'm not relying on anybody else to be able to make money. It's how yeah. we think about it. Yeah. So I think one of the reasons I think what they wanted you to go after find the buyers first, yeah, or at the same time was to have an understanding of what their needs were. So yeah. somebody's saying, Well, I want to have like a house minimum square footage is this, this is what I'm looking for, then you can kind of go and hunt for that something. Yeah, yeah. yeah but my, my problem with that is Imagine if there's a thousand buyers buying mm. in this one zip code. You got to yeah. talk to a thousand people to see what they want. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Whereas, you know, I think <clears> if you, you, you cash the wide net, you're going to be able to catch something. Yeah. At least in my mind. Yeah. So that's how we look at it. And then are you guys worried about wholesaling business in general? Just, I think you'll be able to get a shitload more deals, but do you think, are you still able to find buyers? Do you think the buyers are just going to get like fizzle out? 
I don't think so. It's again, there's always a buyer. You just got to know what they're buying. So mm-hmm. one thing that we have, you know, been doing also is, is when we're talking to buyers, hey, what are your thoughts on the market? Where do you see the market going? Are you looking to buy? Mm-hmm. And my team is having that conversation. They're bringing it back to me and saying, hey, you know, buyers are still buying, but they want X amount of discount off the mm-hmm. price. Yeah. You know, real estate is an asset that everybody in this country wants. Black, white, it doesn't matter what color you mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Somebody wants to buy that real estate. There's always going to be a buyer. So. Um, for us, which is about understanding what the buyer wants and giving them what they want. Gotcha. So we, we reverse engineer. I, I run our dispo. So I'm talking to dispo and saying, hey, what are we hearing on the phone? What are buyers saying when we send our deals? And they give me that information. I come back to him and I say, hey, we need to change this up. We need to underwrite this way. Or maybe we need to start getting more creative on how we do these deals. Okay. Do you feel like the buyers or the investors are kind of like they're hitting the pause button and then they're gonna they're waiting for the right moment pounds back in the market there i don't know because there is quote unquote real buyers in every market so think about it you guys are doing 50 houses a month you guys are real buyers you have you, you that's a you're running a full business you yeah. can't just shut down your business mm-hmm. so that's how it is in other parts of the country where there's another guy and that's then that town buying 25 30 houses a month mm-hmm. maybe he slows down a little bit maybe yeah. he he's not so aggressive on his purchase price but he still has a business to run. Yeah. yeah that's are you guys still buying like rentals right now? Are you holding off? If, if if it makes sense with the interest rate, but I don't know many, many rentals that you can buy in high price environments and still be able to cash flow what we want to cash flow per door. We are looking, but we haven't been able to, to buy when anything. When the last time we bought something? This year. This year. We had bought something early this year. No, right? I know this year, but what, three months ago? Because we would typically buy, like at one point, we was buying something often. It's been what? We didn't buy nothing last quarter. Yeah, we ain't buy nothing last quarter. Well, nothing in the third quarter. That's not because we. That's not because we're not looking. It's just yeah. Yeah, yeah, we need to, yeah. it needs to make sense for us. Are you looking yeah. only local? Right now, yes, but yeah. that's changing though oh, because, yeah. it, like I was telling him, I literally had this conversation yesterday last night with our insurance guy, and I had a conversation today with. A that's what I was going to talk about. Where we are looking for a different market. Buying in Florida, I think, is going to, it's going to be very difficult. I think the people that are purchased in the last six months. Are going to shit is going to hit the fan because now we had this big storm. Yeah. You bait you purchase at a three to four percent cap rate. Yeah. Your insurance is going to double a, a, when it's time to renew. How can you still cash flow when you already per, when you already made not the best buy at the beginning? Mm. So that's one thing that nobody's talking about as far as what's going to happen with insurance in Florida. For us, we are told them we need to find a different market because I don't know what it's going to look like. We had a conversation last night. It was very scary with our insurance guy. Very scary conversation. Wow. So I posted about that a couple of days ago on IG. And people didn't believe me. I was like, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollar house in Florida, you're going to have like $8,000 a year in yep. insurance. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah, okay. yeah, see, they say, yeah. We yeah. People were commenting like, bullshit, $300,000 house, AK. I'm like, just wait. Yeah. Just fucking But that's wait. surprising, though, because, I mean, it's not like this is the first time there was a hurricane in, uh, in Florida. Yeah, well, but they want to get their not, money. It's not just hurricanes. It's rising tide. It's, it's, it's that, you know. It's, 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 uh, a, it's, a, it's a lot of other things that people are not talking about, but primarily it is the hurricanes. I'm, as a business owner, if one hurricane has come, like a couple years ago, we had a hurricane, and I, I think the the estimated damage in the Panhandle was five billion dollars that insurance had to pay out. Just that wow. was just in the Panhandle yeah, of Florida. Yeah. <clears throat> do I continue to write business in this state, or do I yeah. say, hey, you know what, this is not worth it? I can go to the mid, I can go somewhere else. My risk is much lower, yeah. and my payout and my potential payout on casualties and or, or 
catastrophic events yeah. is lower, why would I continue to be in Florida? Mm-hmm. A lot of the carriers have left the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. From my understanding, yeah, the the, wow. the state of Florida has the state of Florida has an insurance their their own state kind of state sponsors insurance company called Citizens. Citizens is writing way too many policies from my understanding of how it's been explained to me. They're overriding policies and they're almost on the verge of going bankrupt, according to what I've been mm-hmm. told by people that understand all that's going on. I haven't verified that, but I know that they are writing way more policies than what yeah. they should be able to write. But it's backed by the government. Yeah, it's backed by the it's back it's back it's back it's backed by the state. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I read a, I read an article that yeah a lot of the the carriers actually yeah leaving were Florida. leaving yes, Florida yes yeah. Like that, so. yeah but um, do you think that's gonna affect so do you think that's gonna affect first of all your guys properties then have you guys thought about selling I now? I literally on, on the way here I literally was on the phone with the broker just he, he see just talking well, well what are your thoughts um how how much do you think we can get down the interest rates are where they are now mm-hmm. because I think about this like. You you look at the news and what happened to those properties over there. That 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 is a possibility that it can happen again yeah, and yeah. again and again. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you your insurance, all of a sudden your insurance premium goes uh, double or quadruple. That yeah. makes a difference between cash flowing and. Well, yeah, like imagine when all this stuff. Imagine next year when the premiums renew, or anybody, I guess, getting a policy starting now yeah. is probably going to be paying a higher premium than they were mm-hmm. three weeks ago before the hurricane, right? Yeah. So imagine you're now coming to buy a new home in Florida. You're moving to Florida from California. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to go buy a house, which there's a ton of people still moving. I mean, yeah. we just, we're brand new, right? <laughs> so there's a lot more people coming after us. I mean, coming, moving to Florida after us. Yeah. Um, but I think now you got the high interest rates yeah. for Florida, just high interest rates, and you got the insurance premiums now. Now if somebody who had a $4,000 mortgage budget, $3,000 mortgage budget, you know, wanted to buy a half a million dollar house, good Ooh. luck. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was making the correlation, too, in the, in that post where people didn't believe me. 8K, like $300,000 house in Florida, let's say $6,000, $8,000 a year for insurance. I can buy that same house in, in Cleveland, Ohio, Memphis, Tennessee, Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama has the lowest property tax. tax I mean, property, property taxes and yeah, also insurance, insurance is yeah. super cheap. Yeah. I think it's like $400 a year, $500 a year for insurance. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And if you have three hundred thousand dollar house, maybe it goes up to eight hundred dollars a year, but it's like a tenth <laughs> of right. the price. Right. So all the investors too, like you know, you yeah. guys, other people that have houses here too, like a lot of investors, yeah, it's a tough time because you yeah. got the interest rates going up, less buyers. People know that when they buy the house from you, now they're gonna have to get a new insurance policy. They can't just can't just subject to your mm-hmm. insurance policy mm-hmm. over. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, man, it's gonna be. Interesting. I, I th- the thing about Florida, there's always going to be a buyer because there's so much international money in Florida. It is ridiculous. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So it's guys that want money out of these com- com- out of these countries like Venezuela, yeah, where yeah. there's so much corruption. I'd rather have my money parked in real estate in That's Florida right. than in my country where the government could just go in my Even bank with negative cash flow. I mean, it's better yeah. to I'm, have it. There. I'll give you a perfect yeah. example. The, this... Our fifth or sixth, <laughs> I tell this story all the time. Our fifth or sixth deal that we've done in real estate was in 2016. Um, I so for us, one thing I always do, especially if I'm in, if we've done a deal in that area, I just drive by the house and see what it looks like, whether we flipped it or wholesaled it. And this specific house, um, at the time was 2016. The house was worth, let's call it 250. Um, it needed, it needed so much work. Let's call it maybe 50, 60 thousand worth oh. of work. And at the time, we were trying. I was, I was like, we was 
begging somebody to pay us 150 for the house. A realtor called me and was like, look, I'll take the house 180,000, no appraisal, no contingencies, no nothing. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And I ain't asked no questions. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I, gotta, I can give you 180. And I'm like, okay, cool. Come to find out after we closed the deal, I'm like, how did you have somebody to pay 180? Oh yeah, my investor, he's from Venezuela. He just yeah. wants his money out of the country. That house for once a quarter, I used to drive by that house for four years. The house stayed in the same condition for four years. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, that's the house. So the point is, it's just they want that money out of in their country. Massive, yeah. So. Um, it, uh, I think pe- yeah. they're still going to be buyers, at least here in this part of uh, this part of Florida. Yeah, that in California. California, you had a lot of uh, uh, Asian people, like people from China or yeah. Hong Kong. A lot of Chinese, were, yeah. yeah. They were parking their money out because they didn't know what would happen with China. Yeah. And then, you know, you'd walk the neighborhood where we lived, and just like these like, $2 million house, nobody in it, vacant for years, vacant, and just like, was either nobody or like eight people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they would normally tear it down first and build like two stories and oh, wow. no grass. And yeah. then, um, but yeah, it was either one or one or the other. Yeah, it was either they stayed and just invested their money or like everybody yeah. came. Yeah. yeah, and they all lived in, in the same house and yeah. stuff wow. like that. It was crazy. And that's something that all affected a lot of the because then there was less people, less less houses to, to rent or buy. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. To live. In, no inventory. Yeah, no inventory for people to live. So that really raised up the price of, of, again of everything and put more pressure upwards on the on the prices and rents. Yeah. And in, cash, in too. They didn't even get oh, loans. Yeah, yeah, couldn't yeah. even get loans. Yeah, so. that's right. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, in some of them, they bought them like a long time ago and then they, uh, it, they had like, uh, they were paying taxes because in California, the, uh, they don't adjust, they cap the uh, um, the uh, the property taxes increase every yeah. year, and then there's just like some of them were paying like peanuts in terms of taxes, like from like the 80s or yeah. 90s, oh, wow. and it's just like you know, and then you're uh, you just bought the house, and then you're paying like huge amount of money. Uh, Imagine like 1.5 percent of the two million dollar house. Yeah, that's how much you're paying every year, so that makes a yeah. big difference. Yeah, but I definitely think like Miami is going to be its own little like world with all of this mm-hmm. going on. I mean, you also have all the vacationers here. Yeah. Or like you said, people in South America, Central America, Canada yeah. that all own mm-hmm. condos down here. Yeah. And sure, it's going to go up a little bit, but you know, they bought it, you know, years ago, two years ago for two hundred grand, one hundred fifty grand. Okay, insurance went up. Okay, taxes went up. Yeah. They're not going to fire sale their vacation home. Yeah. You know. So. And it's mean, same with us. Like we bought at a. I mean. We bought great times, you know. Yeah, I, we yeah. have no debt on our stuff, so we're not desperate to sell anything. I mean, we get some idiot that comes and pay us some crazy number. I'll sell, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're in that same category of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And uh, as the water level rises, I think that's why you know we want to invest in a boat. Why? <laughs> 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 right. Every time I mention the boat. <laughs> so anyway, well, uh, so any other question? <laughs> so that was great. Thank you, uh, Jeremy, Joshua. It was a pleasure speaking yep. with you. Uh, make sure you like and no, subscribe. No, no. Wow. Where can they reach out to? Oh them? yeah, where can we reach out to you? I would say the best place is on Instagram uh-huh. right now. We all we're also that. on TikTok, guys. Oh, yeah, Instagram yeah. and TikTok. Instagram, oh, TikTok at Mathis Twins Mathis at Mathis Twins. Twins. Yeah, on on TikTok and Instagram, we actually respond to our DMs. Mm-hmm. May take some time because we backed up, but definitely reach out to us. We want to connect, and talk to whoever. So, oh, very good. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for coming. Thank you for thank coming. Thank you guys for having us, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Really it enjoyed this. It was a great conversation. Yeah, it was a great conversation. Yeah. It was very, very good. And you are nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, mentor, you are nothing. <laughs>
So very good. Well, so make sure you like. Can I say this now? Yeah. <laughs> make sure you like and subscribe. <laughs> and uh, so this is why we, we. I need a co-host. Yeah. Anyway, Mentor. I'm gonna say it again. Make sure you like and subscribe because every week we're gonna have uh, some fantastic guests that we're gonna interview that are gonna inspire you to do better. Yep. Awesome. See you on the next one. See you on the next one. Hey, see you guys. Peace.